3: Live from CBS Radio
4: Studios in New York City, it's the DA Show with your host, Damon Amendolara, featuring producer Mraz
3: and the musical sounds of the Zap Zap Orchestra. Now, ladies and gentlemen, here's DA. All right, and a happy Wednesday morning to you, everybody. The DA show emanating live from CBS Sports Radio Studios. Just two days away for the Bob's Bar Show. It's almost here. Coming up in 20 minutes, Brandon Kristall, KOA Radio in Denver. On the Nuggets Championship and upcoming parade tomorrow. And in 40 minutes, the reverse boycott last night in Oakland. We also have a Vegas Golden Knights team that has won a Stanley Cup last night. Congratulations to the Knights. But with the Nuggets winning a championship, you had Nikola Jokic asked about the plans now that they've won a title and for the summer. And Jokic is excited because he gets to go back home, gets to go back to Serbia, hang out with his racehorses, and... He was reminded, well, you can't go back just yet because we've got a parade coming up on Thursday. And the look of panic in Jokic's eyes, the trembling in his voice. Jokic isn't rattled by anything. Jokic is as cool as the other side of the pillow in the most crunch time spots. Nothing got to Nikola Jokic except the idea that he had to stay another 48 hours in Denver. Here's the clip. I'm curious what you are feeling right now, and
4: if you're looking forward to a parade coming up in Denver.
0: Venice Parade. Venice Parade. Thursday. No. <laughs> I need to go home. Hello. <laughs>
4: okay. Get got a parade coming up here on Thursday. Yes. How soon till home. you're back in sophomore? I need more? to.
0: On the Sundays, I have my horse racing. In my horse, horse racing? The horse I racing. racing? I was <laughs> going to get to that, the horse racing. That. I don't know how we're going to arrive. It's Thursday,
3: parade, Friday maybe. When he is alerted that there's a parade on Thursday and it's Tuesday night, or no, Monday night, he's like, no. Eyes get wide. He asked the PR guy, When is parade? When is parade? Thursday? No. No. (laughs) Now, this is Monday night. He's got to wait until Thursday. No. No. Blink twice if they won't let you leave to go home to Serbia. (laughs) And this is an extraordinary dynamic in play here. And I'm going to ask Brandon Cristal about this coming up in about 17 minutes because he's covered the Nuggets all season long. He's covered the Nuggets ever since they got Nikola Jokic. He's been in that market for a long time. But what is this? Because on the one hand, you're like, ah, you know what? It's hysterical. Jokic just does his own thing. Jokic just is into racehorses. Basketball isn't life to Jokic. But I have a feeling... It's something a little bit more than that. And I have a feeling that the way that Jokic is wired is completely unique to any American-born person. Here's what I mean. If you are born here in the States, we are wired, we are taught, we are indoctrinated with the idea that winning a championship is the only thing that matters. In your given sport, if you win the World Series, the Super Bowl, the NBA Finals, the Stanley Cup, that is it. And we hear athlete and coach after athlete and coach speak to that. What defines their career? Winning a championship. Talk to any of the Rams of The Greatest Show on Turf. They speak less of the one that they won and more of the one that they lost. Losing a championship is so crushing because winning one defines you. It fulfills you. We 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 pity Dan Marino. We pity Ken Griffey Jr. We pity Charles Barkley because they never won a ring. Oh my God, your career can't be complete. Your life can't be complete. You must feel so incomplete that you have not won a championship. If you are born in the States, that is the thing. In an NBA championship at NBA finals, you grew up going, Well, there's Bill Russell and There's Magic, and there's Larry, and there's Michael, and there's LeBron, and all of them won a championship. And look, this is what Kevin Durant had to do. Kevin Durant had to leave to win a championship to validate himself. And LeBron was great, but without a championship, there's no way he could be a conversation for the greatest ever, so he's got to win a title. And it's how many titles? And it's a very American thing. More, 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 more. We are a society probably built through Manifest Destiny, Capitalism, which is about more. We start out in the Northeast. We land at Plymouth Rock. And then it's like, no, well, we need more states. We got to go top to bottom East Coast. We got to push West. We need the Midwest. We need the Rockies. We need it all the way to the Pacific because God told us we're going sea to shot and sea, baby. Capitalism, how much do you need? You need more. Communism doesn't work. You need to be selfish. Gordon Gecko. greed is good. America works because people want more, so they work harder for more, and it all seems to kind of work itself out. That's the hypothetical. That's the philosophy. That's what we're taught. You need more. You need to win. You need a championship. And if you're not born of this country... Basketball might just be a job because let's take LeBron. LeBron's born here in Akron, Ohio, grows up idolizing Michael Jordan, grows up idolizing Magic and Larry, sees them winning championship and says, man, I saw those forum moments and the Boston Garden moments in Chicago Stadium and they're holding the, the championship trophy and I got to do that. Let's just say the greatest league on earth, was in Serbia and LeBron played in Serbia and LeBron won a championship in Serbia would it really matter that he won the championship or would he like Jokic say the job is done I can now go home we here in the states think the nba finals i mean my god that's that's the defining part of your life but what if you didn't grow up here and it's like Yeah, okay, I won a championship, but my job is done. I now get to go home. And I feel like maybe that's what Jokic is feeling. I know there's been a lot of theories on this. I heard Ramona Shelburne bring up that he grew up in war-torn Serbia. So when you live in bomb shelters and you're growing up, like winning the NBA Finals is not that big a deal. And maybe that's part of it. But I think we just expect everybody in our leagues to be indoctrinated with the same passion for the championship because that's the only thing that matters. Not realize that maybe it doesn't matter as much to them. Like the World Baseball Classic is a good example. If you're born in the States, you're like, why would you ever play in that? It's just more baseball that you don't have to play in. You have to play 162 games anyway. And the whole thing is winning a World Series. You're Edwin Diaz and you blow out your ACL in the World Baseball Classic, what are you doing? Meantime, if you play for the Dominican or Puerto Rico or Japan, that's actually way bigger than winning the World Series. You go back to the Dominican Republic. You go back to the Barrio. You go back to, to your place that you grew up on a rock-filled parking lot and your, you know the, the kids that are growing up like you – use cardboard for their baseball mitts, and you say, and I won the World Series with the San Francisco Giants. And they're like, okay. But then you go, and I won the World Baseball Classic for the Dominican Republic. Oh, my God! You won a championship for us! And we think, well, the World Series, that's got to be the biggest thing ever, right? First. People that didn't grow up here, it's like, yeah, it's a championship, but maybe it's not what we think it is. So I wonder if Jokic is feeling that. It's like when Marbury went to China, I think he won championships with the Zhajing Ducks or something. I'm not sure. But could that have possibly meant a lot? Maybe it becomes more as you're there more. I mean, there's a statue to Marbury, but... It certainly wasn't the same as winning the NBA Finals. And let's take Ronaldo or Messi or any of these soccer players that could play in in the Saudi League because they're going to get $400 million a season. If they won the Saudi League, would they even care? It would be like, okay, job is done here. Can I go home? Marbury won two China League titles. Yes, he did. With the Ducks. Yes, the CBA,
5: they call that. Yes, and he was the... uh... CBA Finals MVP in 2014. Do you think it mattered? To them, no. To him. I'm sorry. To them, yes. To him, no. I mean, I'm sure he took pride in it, but he probably felt
3: a lot of what Jokic is feeling. So do you think that's what it is with Jokic? That is just, it's a league, it's a job, and now I get to go home?
5: Yeah, and I don't think that means he doesn't care. You know what I mean? Like, I, th- I just think it means... I did my job here. I'm so happy. I mean, he used some celebrating pushing Murray into the pool post game. Oh, I got to go do a parade now too because <laughs> let's be real as cool as that is. It does
3: feel very America to drag things out beyond what they are. Doesn't it? Well, I think if you just want to go home, like if you were LeBron and you played in Serbia and you're like, "We won it on a Monday night and now I get to go home to LA or Miami or whatever." And instead, they're like, "Oh no, no, we we're doing a parade on Thursday," and you're like, "I gotta wait until Thursday, right? Wait till the, the next day we wake up, the party continues. That should be the parade in his mind. Yeah, I don't blame him for thinking that. He's not used to it. It's not like growing up in a Met right where you attended these parades and you couldn't wait for him. It's very unique though, because no, but we can't fathom that. We think like, oh, don't like the Stanley Cup championship. That's it's the entire summer for Vegas now. All of those guys party the entire yeah. summer." They don't want to go home. They want to go maybe up to Manitoba, where they're from, and they bring the cup, and they you know, right. they eat drink. Captain Crunch out of it. Right. They eat Captain Crunch and drink a bunch of Molson Golden out of it. Right, exactly. But they just want to keep partying. And he's
2: just like, no, I'm done. Can I just go home now? Yeah. And by the way, he's going to have to be back for training camp in August. Who can blame him?
3: <laughs> I win your stupid championship. Let me go home. Let me go home. Please, let me go home. Rob, the three, two, one, who is not coming to Bob's bar. No, but did he tell you what he did or is this a reveal for the party? He didn't tell me what he did. Okay. Then I'll wait. Okay. We're going to hold off.
5: Uh, I'll just tell you that Rob in sincerity is a good listener to the show. Unprovoked has contributed to the alcohol in the party by oh. he sent me some money and said, please, I want everybody to have drinks nice. on me. I do mean well as a fan of the show. And awesome. I thought that was really nice.
3: All right, so we'll toast to Rob with the 321. Yes, everybody will have a free toast on, the, on Rob's dime. Nice. Well, he tweets, How about we replace Jack immediately with Avery and give him his own segment called Avery's Avenue and get the pulse of the kids in sports? I'd sign up for his CBS column and newsletter right away. Hashtag Avery's Avenue. Avery called up earlier, 12-year-old young man in Michigan that listens to the show. Just ended his sixth grade. Going to go into seventh
5: grade. I thought that was a good call by Avery, but if you listen to that call, just know that Jack is just as polished as Avery when he does his updates. So take that for what it's worth. You okay, neck hurt?
3: <laughs> That's cold. That's cold. Maybe it's a positive for Avery. Jack is is chasing the 12-year-old Avery in Michigan. (laughs) About equal as far as how they sounded on the air. Nice and cute as always. Uh, We're 48 hours away from Bob's Bar. Give me the update on the forecast.
5: So the forecast right now is calling for 7% chance of rain. Oh, seven? We're into single digits? But... Uh, upon looking, and we have multiple weather chat, we've skipped all sports programming on our TVs here. We are on severe Doppler watch. Uh-huh. It looks like around two o'clock in the afternoon won't just be rain, but a severe thunderstorm. Okay. So, fine for us. Show happens, probably even better for Bob and Nancy. It does feel like around two o'clock. It might be <laughs> wrap it up time, uh, and you're gonna have to retreat to wherever you came from. And um, you know, not that it's gonna it's not gonna be a soak out all night if you're looking to stay on Long Island that night. But for a good two hours, we're gonna take a pounding in the afternoon. It looks like, but it looks like our show will be actually sunny and clear. All right, you just get a summer
3: thunderstorm in the afternoon. Okay, I've got two predictions. Number one. I think we have way more listeners than we think coming to this. I've had people reach out to me from South Carolina, from Maryland, from Vancouver, and from San Francisco. There's a young man in San Francisco that has started a GoFundMe account to try to get out here. Maybe should have started that a couple months ago. It's a little late in the game. But I think we're going to have way more than we assume and way more than the bosses know. And number two, I think the magic's going to be the bonding between the listeners. I think you will find... People that didn't even know the other person existed before the day leaving with texting one another, DMing one another, and like being really close. I think that bond you will see listener to listener, shared experience, all coming into Bob's bar. Is going to be amazing.
5: Uh, I, I absolutely agree. And I think I could make two announcements now on the air that were 46 hours away. Everybody that keeps emailing me for the information, we've had quite a few. I've alerted them the same thing. I can't stress this enough. We are encouraging you to be there. You want to be there for the start of the showtime. Don't freak out. It is not going to be jam-packed with traffic. 545 is a fair arrival. We can't have you sitting out there at 459 with people trying to sleep in the neighborhood. That's very important. <laughs> Number two, last year it took almost like two hours for people to feel comfortable like having beverages and stuff. And right. I know it's an odd time, but this is your whole piss. If you've ever wanted to consume alcohol at six AM, yep. do it. Like this is the time to party and welcome in summer. The 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 more loose the crowd, the more likely you are to talk to some fellow listeners, form that bond you're talking about. Don't be afraid to consume alcohol at 6 a.m. and think people are judging you.
3: Somebody's going to be the first to have to crack open that drink. Be that first. Totally right. Really good message. We're going to have food. We're going to have drinks. But feel free to bring your own stuff, too. So if you have a bottle of something you want to bring, some sipping stuff, if you want to mix it with something, if you you have a bag of food or something like that, a box of donuts – box of bagels, what have you. Feel free, bring it, crack it, case of beer, what have you, and just get after it early. Enjoy yourself. During the four hours we're on the air, it's going to be tough for us to mingle and interact. At 10 a.m., all bets are off. Come up, say hello. I don't know how many people will have, but like, don't be intimidated to say hello. What's going on? This is who I am. This is where I'm from. During the show, it's going to be hard. Commercial breaks run quickly because we got a million things going on. But after the show... Come up and say hi.
5: But there will be people not on the air the full time, like you, Bogashai, and Pete will be that are ready to mingle and talk to you guys. Pat Boyle, Greg Caserta, Peter Schwartz, even Badlands Booker, Zach I'll, Gelb, Zach Gelb who'll be parking cars. These people that you've heard been part of CBS Sports Radio on the show, they will be there and have made a point. And already told me they will be mingling with all of you. Ask them whatever you want. Hang out, take pictures. They will be there those four full hours of the show. Kobe. Whoa!
3: And and it's. It's just such a good vibe. And also, let's remember this is also Bob's retirement party. Bob has opened up his doors to us and all of America, which is a special thing. So if you have a small token of your appreciation for Bob, it would be great if you wanted to pass that along. Even just as a thank you, if you want to say to Bob, hey, Bob, thanks for Bob's bar. Just as a, a, a vocal thank you. That would be cool, too.
5: And I'm just going to stress this again. Final part of this. I've sat at enough Christmas mornings and Father's Day with Bob. Don't be offended his reaction to a gift. You get a lot of, <laughs> yeah, okay, cool, thanks. Like like so that yeah, like, he's, he's not a an ter- emotional guy. Yes, like he's, you know, Giants win shorts emotion. He's, he appreciates everything, but he's not exactly great on the
3: eyes on accepting gifts. Just be understanding of that. He's very understated. Yes. You will meet him. It will seem as though he is totally unimpressed for meeting you, totally bored, what have you. But it's just his poker face. No doubt. Internally, it. he is so thrilled everybody's coming. He is so thrilled to share his bar. He is so thrilled that we're going to do this. And so, yes, a, a nice, kind gesture, a thank you, uh, a wave and a nod, it, it goes a long way. So I can't wait. It's going to be awesome Friday morning. And uh, Carlos with the is on the board with us. And what this has now become is basically you work the board for the show so that the next year you get to go. That's what happened to Boyle last year. Boyle worked the show back here. This year he got the hall pass from Pete. The year before it was Pete. <laughs> the year before it was Pete. Pete then wrote his own hall pass for the next year. <laughs> so Carlos gets access to 2024. To the 2024
0: Bob's
3: Bar. When we come back on the show, we'll go out to Denver with Brandon Cristal KOA in Denver to see what exactly does make Jokic tick. DA, CBS Sports Radio.
0: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds.
2: Home of the signature lukewarm churro. The DA Show
3: on CBS Sports Radio. The Nuggets are NBA champions. Welcome back. You can watch the show. Multiple platforms. Check us out on YouTube. Go to the CBS Sports Radio channel. Full episodes are available archived there as well. Also on Twitch and at WatchDA.com. That's all mobile-friendly. Joining us here on the show in the aftermath of the championship from Denver, KOA Radio, my good friend Brandon Kristall. BK, good morning.
4: Good morning, DA. It's a sunny day here in Colorado. You know, the Nuggets are the world champs. I would have thought that would have been a good choice for champs versus chumps. But, you know, thinking about that 1978 Oral Roberts team, <laughs> pretty, pretty good. They had five whole draft picks, one guy taken in the fourth round. Uh, I don't know where my phone went. I actually looked up their whole <laughs> roster. I think I left it over there in the other studio. But, uh, yeah, some uh, exciting times there for the Eagles of Oral Roberts, formerly the Titans. Not, you know, the Nuggets win, the Golden Knights win, first championship for both. But, yeah, let's shout out Oral Roberts in Oregon in our Champs versus champs. Well, we,
3: we just didn't want to be too literal around here. That's the Yeah, case. too on the nose. That's too right. On the nose, That's what they say. So we're trying to kind of theorize why Nikola Jokic seemed bummed he had to stick around for the parade and why it was really hard to see the joy in his face. Tell us what your what you surmise is is how he ticks, how he works. He looks at bat he loves playing basketball
4: and he loves working to get better at basketball and loves his teammates and loves being on the court. All the other stuff he doesn't really care about that's why he hangs out with his brothers and their significant others and his wife and his baby pretty much i don't say exclusively but most of the time and he loves sambor serbia and loves his horses so as he said and, and maybe he's downplaying it a little because you could see in the celebration how happy he was with his teammates he could take or leave talking to the media i think he has more fun with it than than it might seem at times but then, when he found out the parade was Thursday after winning Monday night, he just wants to get on. I assume a chartered plane because I don't know how many connections it'll take to get on Southwest to Sombor, Serbia, from Denver. <laughs> so he he wants to he wants to fire up that G6 and and take the family and go to Sombor for a couple of months, hang out with his horses, buy a new horse. He told Lisa uh, Salters or Malik Andrews, one of them, in a ESPN sit down before Game Five that he was buying a new horse, win or lose. And when you're the highest paid player in the NBA, I get that but he he just wants to relax. It's been a long taxing season, obviously culminating with the franchise's first championship, but he doesn't want to stick around and go on a victory tour and go on the Tonight Show and and do all the things. You know, Von Miller was all over the place. He was at Saturday Night Live. He was at the All-Star Game in the same weekend doing all that stuff. He was on Dancing with the Stars. Joker doesn't want to do any of that.
3: Is that because he doesn't care about celebrity, or is that because... Winning an NBA championship if you're an American is the biggest deal ever, but if you're an American going to Serbia to win or Stefan Marbury going to China to win a championship, it's fine, but it's really just your job. Is that part of it for the Joker?
4: Maybe so, and I don't know if we'll ever really even get the chance to ask him at this point, other than their parade speeches. We were told no extra interview opportunities at the parade tomorrow. So we'll, we'll see. We may have to wait until the fall to, to find out what it means to him, but he's kind of already overcome all of the odds, if you will. And, and I don't want to make it like he's, you know, from the slums of Sambor. I, I don't even, you know, necessarily speak to that. But my point is, I think making it to the NBA is such a pipe dream for a kid from Serbia in general, that to not only get here, but climb to the mountaintop and be the league's best player, for multiple years now and and be you know the the franchise cornerstone is so far beyond the realm of possibility that he didn't grow up thinking about knocking down a game-winning shot not that he doesn't in maybe his league games out there you know jamal murray talked about visualizing every single aspect of making game winners and who the different players are that he would imitate and whose games he would copy and this and that. But that's just not how how Joker's wild, uh, wired. He he was excited to be here, I think, at first and then realized he was pretty good and, and just kept working to get better. And now he's turned out to be, you know, the best player in the league for, for the time being.
3: Brandon Cristal joins us from KOA in Denver. When it comes to how good he is, Has he progressively, since you've watched him since he was very young, has he gotten better over the years and throughout time? Or is this just always how great he's been? He won two MVPs before this year, and people are just kind of waking up to his greatness.
4: Well, I think, like anything, right, it's inside of him. But you obviously have to continue to hone your craft, and you have to understand the nuances of the game. And that's why most people don't have their best – year or two their their rookie their rookie year their second year in the league or when they start playing it, it takes a little time the confidence that comes with that but obviously he had the court vision right you don't develop that over time the idea that people are going to copy what the nuggets and and nicole Jokic do is is great to say but go find a 6 11 7 foot guy that can pass like that and finish at the basket and be good rebounding the basketball and and understand what every single nuance of the offense and so I think that it was obviously there, but it needed to be unearthed. He, he wasn't LeBron James coming in. We'll see what, you know, Victor Wenbanyama is when he gets to San Antonio, but he won't be a, a realized product his rookie year. So uh, obviously he had the ability, right? You, you can't pretend to do what LeBron James does. I'm saying athletically or what Giannis does, but obviously the the subtleties of the game, the ability to, to pass and control the offense, that was within him. I remember though his rookie year and he's coming in a little chubby. He's 30 pounds overweight at summer league. But, but watching him in training camp and Paul Klee, who's a columnist here in town and a, a big basketball, a big basketball fan and, and a guy that has sources everywhere. He's like, that guy's going to be an all-star. I'm like the chubby kid in the corner. Okay. And and so I give Paul full credit because he was the first guy to tell me that that kid was going to be an all-star. I don't think anyone would have predicted this. And Michael Malone said as much. No one thought the 41st pick was going to come in and be a two-time MVP and, and best player
3: in the world. Ramona Shelburne had a theory that because Jokic grew up in a war-torn Serbia – he just understands that basketball is just a thing. It's not really life. And I'm not sure he speaks about this much, but do you sense that there's some part of that, that, that laid an imprint on Jokic of maybe not being attracted to the attention or the hype or whatever it is that it seems like he's totally detached from?
4: Yeah, the perspective is a lot different when you're growing up in an actual war zone right and and we know there's some tough parts of america where nba players forever have grown up in and, and, and overcome those difficult obstacles to get to where they where they got to and, and reach the highest heights but i i think that that probably does inform some of it and it's funny right because people look at other players and the, and the crews they run with and i'm not going to get into specifics but then you look at nicola's two older brothers and you're like you know what they've really probably seen some stuff
3: for sure <laughs> when
4: when you talk about uh obviously what yugoslavia went through and and then you know the the conflict with Serbia and montenegro and all of it and i don't we're not going to get into a history lesson because i don't want to fail it but the the point is when when you come from a place that's so far away from here and you don't grow up watching michael jordan highlights and and wanting to be the next lebron james or or whatever it may be or now Steph Curry. It it just changes the way you look at things, and he likes his horses, and he likes his hometown. Uh, that's one thing, though. You know, it, it's maybe not talked about enough. Michael Malone has gone there several times, not just last year when they gave him the MVP award, and I think that's a big reason why they have such a strong relationship, is because Michael Malone really understands where Joker's from.
3: This Nuggets team patience was a virtue. They didn't fire Malone. They didn't blow it up when they didn't get to the NBA Finals. Was that because Stan Kroenke had ultimate patience or because Kroenke has a million other teams, he actually was so detached that he didn't care to to make changes?
4: Well, it's funny that you bring that up. And Mike Gowen talked about that. I asked him about the Kroenke's because I had asked him at the end of the season last year, seeing what the Avs were doing. A bunch of the Nugs and Avs brass and, and Rapids brass were at the Super Bowl as the Rams were, were winning in L.A. And I was asking, is that more pressure on you guys? He said, no, not really. But... He, he then added, and I know this for a fact, Stan is a basketball guy. He is a Missouri Tigers fan, even if the state of Missouri, certainly the east side of the state of Missouri hates Stan Kroenke. He loves the University of Missouri, loves Missouri basketball. His son, Josh, legitimate scholarship player, played really well. When you and I were in Kansas City, D.A., Josh was, was obviously playing his best ball at Mizzou. They are basketball guys. I think the patience with Malone was understanding, one, that he could get through to Jokic. He could help set the tone for what they wanted to build. He could get the best out of Jamal Murray and that rather than being hasty and moving on, you know, they had George Carl for a long time and then it was a little rocky after they let George go. And so they wanted that stability with Malone, even though he wasn't necessarily great. He did maybe get the best out of boogie cousins in Sacramento, but let go by the Kings. They stuck with them. And I think, like I mentioned, the relationship with Nikola Jokic certainly helped, but being patient, we saw it too with the heat, right? Eric Spolstra, maybe not as good a coach when LeBron James isn't on the floor, but he's found ways to keep winning with his, with his newer players, you know, I bet you all of a sudden we'll see Greg Popovich is a much better coach now that he has the top draft pick than he has been since Tim Duncan and Tony Parker and Manu Ginobili all left. So uh, it is a credit to the Cronkies for not pulling the trigger and looking for the next coach to try to get this team over the top and letting both Malone and Jared Bednar with the Avs work through the growing pains and, and reach the highest heights as well.
3: Brandon Cristal joins us from KOA Radio in Denver. The Nuggets are champs. The Avs were champs and the- favorites next year. I just looked; they're favorites, eight to one. Go lay your money down right now. And the Broncos won in 2015. And I know you are a big Colorado Mammoth fan when they Huge. won the lacrosse championship. Huge. So, Denver, Town USA, Mayor, you
4: maybe, maybe so, and and if. Russell Wilson and Sean Payton can get on on the same page. Maybe next year we'll see a Broncos mm. Super Bowl parade. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not sure what those odds are. They're not as good as 8-1 <laughs> no. to one on the Avs right now. Or maybe they're better odds, I guess. If you lay a little money, you'll win more. Uh, yeah, let's let's maybe not crown the, the Broncos just yet because they're a team in Kansas City. It's still pretty good. Thanks, BK. Thanks, buddy.
3: Brandon Cristal joining us from KOA Radio in Denver. Nugs spicy.
5: DA, you know, we had this theory when the NBA Finals started. And now that it's over, I'm curious if you felt the same way. Maybe it's different because you had a baby. Did you find yourself
3: either craving or buying chicken nuggets over the last two and a half weeks? Not because of the Denver Nuggets, but it seems to me that America's going through a fried chicken boom. Every sporting event has multiple commercials of multiple chicken sandwiches. Every time I drive by any fast food place, the sign outside is always about this new juicy, delicious, buttermilk fried chicken sandwich. So the chicken sandwich wars have now led to chicken nugget wars. And now it's add chicken nuggets to this. You can choose chicken nuggets and the burger. KFC's doing nuggets. KFC's doing the chicken sando. And so we're just inundated by these Wonderfully delicious visuals on TV constantly of fried chicken. And so that's why, yeah, I've rolled up and had a few nugs recently. I went to go buy the simulated nugs not long right. ago, spicy nugs. Those are the, the veggie nugs. Yeah, the fake nugs. Fake nugs, which I found to be just as delicious. And that's good because they don't have to torture chickens for me to find them delicious. So I don't know. I think that's really what it's about these days, not the Denver Nuggets per se. I think the Denver Nuggets subliminally advertised for
5: chicken nugget stands everywhere this last two and a half weeks.
3: What is interesting is that if we had another expansion team of the NBA or when we do, there's no way Nuggets would ever be one of the finalists. It is of such a different era that you would be like, oh, I know it's gold Nuggets, but still, if the Denver basketball area didn't have an NBA team, the expansion team would never be the Nuggets. It would be like the Firehawks or the Blizzard. Oh. 100% because our reaction
5: as a country would be, why are you naming them after Chicken Nuggets? Yeah, and it just is
3: like kind of corny and weird. Yeah, you're right. It would definitely be the Blizzard. Yes.
5: <laughs> well, the Avalanche or the
3: hockey yeah. team, yes. Or the Altitude. Oh, that's Denver bad. Altitude. That's, that's, <sighs> that's the TV network. Now it's the Nug. Back then, it's the Nuggets, Nuggets. I like the Nuggets, though. It's different. Yeah classy. Is it? Is Nuggets classy? (laughs) Well, I think it's
5: classy when it's not the fire-breathing dragons. Mm -hmm. You know? Mm -hmm. Simple. Like Nets. Oh,
3: they're named after the Nets. We'll do Stun to a New so you're not rushed here for the final hour. Okay. Okay. But Nets is so funny. Imagine naming your team after an equipment used in the sport. <laughs> the San Diego Shin Guards. I mean, right? Yeah. Uh, the field goal posts. <laughs> the Nets, the, Ra- the Raleigh rims. The Nets. <laughs> <laughs> we don't even think about how ridiculous it is to call them the Nets. The
5: Boston Bats.
3: Right. Exactly. At least
1: the, the Louisville bats at least make sense because they're in Louisville, where the slugger factory is. Like that fits Good a little point. more than just the baseball one. But yeah, like you could have the, you know, the Gary Indiana gloves would be the dumbest name. The gloves, name ever. yeah, the gloves.
3: the gloves. Right. You root for a team that's just equipment. But I like it. It's classy. Je ne sais quoi. <laughs> that's not je ne sais quoi. <laughs> it's not. <laughs> but at least you've mastered the pronunciation of. <laughs> I'm not sure you know what language it comes from yet, but still. So, hour three, we've got Canadian bacon, John Lester, and stunned. Just how John Lester wanted to follow. (laughs) It's hour four. This is hour three. Oh, right. Hour four. So, John Lester is the meat inside the Canadian bacon stunned to a new sandwich. That's a great sandwich to be in. (laughs) The Lester. The Lester. (laughs) That is a loaded sandwich. (laughs) Bogues has headlines.
1: Uh, and they're sponsored by Progressive Insurance. Looking for a career path with flexibility and great pay and benefits? Go to progressive.com slash careers and apply online today. Our dear friend Jonathan Marcheseau can drink Worcestershire sauce from the Mm. Stanley Cup after he and the Golden Knights closed out the Panthers in style last night, 9-3 in Game 5 in Vegas. Marcheseau had an assist last (laughs) night, giving him 25 points for the postseason, Eh. one behind teammate Jack Eichel for the overall lead.
4: To get here and get the Stanley Cup, you need the whole organization to be great, and it could have went to any one of those guys. So, just happy to be part of it. That was
1: Marcioso on TNT. The- I was going to say,
5: two notes, though, real quick, folks. Sorry yeah. to interrupt. No, please. Marcioso, it needs to be said again, the team that exposed him in the expansion draft was the Florida Panthers. Oh, wow, I didn't realize that. So he has the con Smythe with that. Also, last thing Buffalo needed, Diggs not reporting and Eichel winning a cup in the same day. So those poor people in Buffalo and the poor people in Florida with the So twist, big Stanley Cup storylines. Let me
1: tack on the So story, though, between Florida and Vegas because it wasn't just him. Riley Smith, who also played a big role for them, the Panthers gave him to Vegas as a deal to please take So. They wanted to get rid of So, and the sweetener was, we'll just give you Riley Smith. And those two guys are still there six years later, winning a Stanley Cup, beating them head-to-head. That's awful. Uh, The Knights win their first cup in year six, but six of their players had already won at least one. This is cup number three for our good buddy Phil Kessel, Alec Martinez, and goalie Jonathan Who Who's the first
3: two with Kessel?
1: Kessel won uh, Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh. Both with Pittsburgh?
3: Two I Pittsburgh ones, I right? I believe you yeah. won both for Pittsburgh. Okay, and the last two with Crosby he won. Yes, yeah,
1: yeah. And the other two guys won both Kings Cups. Mm. And now they win together in Vegas. Nice. Uh, Vegas' first win of the day, by the way, came when the state Senate approved $380 million in public funding for an Ooh. A's stadium. That did not stop, really. 28,000 fans Artless. from attending the reverse boycott last night in Oakland. They watch their A's push their win streak to 7-2-1 over the Rays. That being said, Oakland's still far from the AL West race, but it is getting tighter at the top of the division. Here's
3: the pitch, and this is a fly ball that's hit well out into right
4: field, out by the wall, and that ball is out of here. That is a home run by Renfro. A two-run shot right there, and the Angels now have a 4-3 lead. Terry
1: Smith on Joel's like radio. The, Renf- good. the Renfro two-run shot put him ahead for good. They won in Texas 7-3. Anaheim's taken eight of its last nine, while the Rangers have dropped five of six. The Astros beat the Nats 6-1, so they are three and a half games behind Texas. Anaheim is a game behind Houston. The Orioles stumped the Blue Jays 11-6 for a five-game winning streak. The Royals' losing streak hit eight with a 5-4 home loss to the Reds. The Giants and Cardinals will reportedly play next summer's Field of Dreams game at Rickwood Field in Birmingham. Willie Mays played there when he was a member of the Birmingham Black Barons.
3: Is that where Jordan also played with the Birmingham Barons? I don't think so. Yes. Is it really? Yes. Rickwood Stadium? Oh uh, well, I know he played for the Birmingham Barons. Right. Yeah. But they might not have played there.
1: Yeah. Uh, PGA Commissioner Jay Monahan's dealing with an unspecified health issue. The COO and an executive vice president are running things in the meantime. And WNBA last night. The Mercury took an 83-69 home loss from the Storm. Brittany Griner left at halftime with a hip injury. Diana Taurasi did not score. DA, back to you.
2: Hmm.
3: Looks like the Birmingham Barons used to play at Rickwood, but then moved in 88 to Hoover Metropolitan Stadium which is where Michael hit two twenty. Thanks
1: to Sonny
5: Vaccaro. And I'm assuming the golf course he got sucked into in Space Jam had to have been near there. (laughs) That's that's right, because he's playing baseball. Yeah, he goes with Newman to play golf and gets sucked through a golf hole. It's got to be close to Rickwood. (laughs) They get sucked
3: through, and they get sucked into Space Jam. Yes, exactly. So that golf court, got to be right near Rickwood. Kind of like Jokic getting sucked into the parade. I didn't sign up for this, too. (laughs) Now I got to save Earth? Bill Murray's jumping through. I was retired. When we come back on the show, the reverse boycott. Perhaps a farewell. DA, CBS Sports Radio. Is the only medicine.
2: <laughs>
3: the DA show on CBS Sports Radio. Two days until the Bob's Bar show. Be with us on Friday, either in person or here on the show. You can watch the proceedings on watchda.com, that's mobile friendly, or on Twitch or on YouTube. Get acquainted, get familiarized with those channels that you can tune in to see the madness on Friday. Well, I don't know if if this just happened to be coincidental. It seems like it was because the reverse boycott had been planned in Oakland for many, many weeks. In fact, many months, I think. I know at least since the beginning of the season, I have been hit up by A's fans that wanted to let me know about this reverse boycott, et cetera, since we started talking about The thievery that John Fisher is going to move this organization to Vegas. So that had been planned for a long time and that it just so happened yesterday after multiple delays on the vote. Vegas lawmakers finally voted yes on $380 million of public funds to build a ballpark. This is not the end of the story. I will continue to discuss this. And the reason is perhaps some of you find it fatiguing or tiresome because I do use this platform to speak about this often. However, I do think what is happening is a robbery in person. I naturally am against the moving of organizations. I hate the fact that Seattle was robbed of the Supersonics. I hate the fact that Cleveland lost the Browns. I hate the fact that the Colts moved out of Baltimore. These are things that I do not get over, and I do not think that owners should be allowed to simply live peacefully along the way. You have stolen a civic property from people that you have asked to invest their passion, their emotion, their money, their family into your product. That's what you ask of us, and then you take it away from us and don't expect blowback. Well, that's not how I'm going to roll, and so this is not the last of the story. But it is a cruel twist of irony that last night 28,000 A's fans came out to a stadium that only 8,000 average attendance has gotten over the course of this season. So 20,000 more people... And celebrated with tacos and t-shirts in the parking lot and commiserated with a fellow loss. What do you do when you lose something beloved to you, a loved one close to you, somebody that's special to you? You all congregate. You want to be around somebody else because being isolated and lonely is a really hard way to go through grieving. And for this, this was a show, a show of might. There is no apathy in Oakland. That's not why they're losing that team. They're losing that team because John Fisher is a bumbling idiot that can't do business well. He has never done business well because never had to do business well. Imagine growing up where your parents created the gap and then you just inherited all those billions of dollars and said, I got nothing else to do because I don't need a real job. Let me just buy a baseball team. He's pathetic. He doesn't know how to do business. And so when he hit the wall in Oakland, where? Yeah, it's harder to get public money in California, as it should be for billionaires. He turns his attention to a place where it would be easier, Las Vegas. And it looks like he's going to get it. But last night, it was as loud as that ballpark has been in a long, long time. And it may have been a farewell. Yesterday may have been simultaneously a show of, look, it's not because of us not caring, along with, it's over, because they voted yes. Now, that doesn't mean everything is done in the desert, but it's big step closer. And I feel, I feel for old Colts fans that lost the Colts, and I feel for old Oilers fans that lost Houston, and I feel for A's fans that will probably lose Oakland and the A's. Because it's not their fault. And we've been asked to invest our love and our passion and our money and our families, and our teams, and then billionaires say, well, where can I make more money? Okay, yeah, I'm out of here.
0: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on What's in Your Podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds.